And so when I'm stepping into my wholeness, it's because I also loved all those women who I don't know all the stories of, but I feel so in my physical body, she's in my body. You know what I'm saying? She's a part of how I can enjoy my life. She's a part of how I can see my kids grow and how I get to have all the goodness that I have is a part of, is because of her. (laughs) Yeah. I definitely had a very visceral response to all that. (laughs) Just silently crying while Kelsey's talking. Hey guys, let's chat for a second about manifesting. So manifesting is such a hot word right now. And there are so many people who feel stuck in their lives and we're looking for that secret sauce. We're looking to take control of our lives and feel like we have a say in what's going on. We're really wanting to figure out how to experience what we want to. Kelsey and I, we've both been in this place. We've taken the deep dive into so many of the manifestation teachers and techniques that exist. From being in the vibration, law of attraction, vision boards, the whole shebang. Okay, so we both think those practices have value, but they didn't address the underlying subconscious beliefs that stood in the way of creating this life we truly desired until we found to be magnetic. Guys, to be magnetic or TBM is a unique manifestation process. TBM uses tools like psychology, EMDR, epigenetics, and energetics with a little spirituality sprinkled throughout to reprogram the subconscious and address the limiting beliefs we've picked up during our childhood and throughout our lives and it creates this really beautiful space for us to step into our most whole, worthy, authentic self. And it's from this space that we manifest the life we desire. We manifest what we feel worthy of. Okay, so that makes sense. And TBM totally guides you into that reclamation. Kelly and I, we both joined the TBM Met Pathway membership for different reasons, but to kind of package it all together, we love the at-home therapy aspect. We love the on-demand workshops that address the blocks that are standing in the way of our dream life, like from money and relationships to career and home. We also super love the community support and the language that's used within the program. It gives clarity to the energetics of manifesting. And we actually use a lot of that language here on the reclamation. So if you want to understand what manifesting is all about from a unique perspective that's backed by science, it has a clearly laid out step-by-step program to follow, check out To Be Magnetic. You can find them at tobemagnetic.com and it's your lucky day. You can receive 15% off your membership price by using our code RECLAIM. That's R-E-C-L-A-I-M. Look at that. You're already manifesting good things. If you're interested, but not quite ready to jump into the membership, check out the TBM podcast called Expanded. There you're going to learn all about the process, hear from industry experts, and 
walk through the experiences other current pathway members are having within the process. So many are reclaiming who they are. It's really fun to listen to. Then when you're ready, you can use our code reclaim to get 15% off your membership. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to this mini sode. Kelsey and I really, really felt like there was more that needed to be explored on the topic of bitch energy. We literally left that conversation with this void that needed to be filled. So we decided to do this quick mini sode and talk about some things that felt like loose ends for us and more exploration. We both have questions and we both have epiphanies that have come our way just this short time since our last episode. So we wanted to talk about this bitch energy. We talked about the history in the previous episode. If you haven't listened to the previous episode, I really recommend you go back, listen to that. It'll give this many subs more context. We talked about the history of the word bitch and incorporating into today's idea of the word bitch and bitch energy more specifically. We really want to talk about what it looks like to claim the positive aspects of this energy. And Kelsey had some really great thoughts that I'm just going to turn time over to her before I do that, though, if you've listened to any of our other conversations where it's just Kelsey and I going back and forth with each other, we're really in this space of exploration. Neither of us claim to be an expert. We really want to open this up to a big, giant conversation of ideas. So, Kels, go through and talk about some of the things that have come your way since our last recording on this topic of bitch energy and what are the loose ends and more things that you wanted to uh, explore and discover. Yeah. So I'd love to. So for me, observing what bitch energy is in all of its situational um, themes, the way it pops up in society relationships it always has to do with a balance of power or an imbalance of power. And you can see how it shifts from one person to the other when they're either calling someone a bitch or claiming their badass bitchness or, you know, all these things. Or talking about someone like they're a bitch when they're not around. Like, it's always observing someone in their power and their ability to hold their own power, hold space for others. Um, and if there's... A, maybe too much of it. And it always comes back down to an underlying wound of masculine, masculine energy somewhere within that person. And for a woman with some wounded masculine energy within her. So if I am bossy and I tell people what to do and I know exactly what needs to be done, what is that? That's a bitch. Like she, what to do. Yeah, I was going to say it depends on the energy you came at. It depends on what kind of energy you came at me with exactly. that. And I was going to say what you were talking about, the balance of power. 
mm-hmm. in either person, whether you're being called it. So the person calling somebody a bitch, or you are being that way, I guess. We talked about in our last episode, yeah. that idea of one, one of the people I chatted with, what's your idea of bitch energy? He said, usually if I hear somebody using that word towards somebody else, I feel like that person couldn't take or couldn't handle what was coming at them. So they had to say, oh, well, she's a bitch. You're a bitch. And that's just what you were saying. It's that transfer of power, let's say a man and a woman, right? So the woman, this is exactly your personal case is, is, standing up for themselves, speaking their needs and in a place of power, whether it's healthy or unhealthy, they're in a place of power. And the person who they're directing it at in order to shift power back to them would say, you're being a bitch, bitch. you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, that totally makes sense to me. And it's just like, that's that's why I've had this big fear of being a bitch is I don't want to be too much for someone to walk away and want to leave, which yeah. too much to me was was just enough, just being able to claim my boundaries and claim what I know is right for me and my family. That's actually balanced. So for me, it's like I'm really wanting to step into my bitch self because she has boundaries and she knows what she wants and needs. And for me, I'm putting a layer of grace on it that she also knows how to act in a way of love and being heart-centered while communicating those things. You know what I'm saying? I do know what you're saying. I was going to read this bitch manifesto because I was considering when you were talking about that, why do women feel like we need to even claim this energy at all? Why are women Mm. stepping into this? I'm a baddie. I'm a bad bitch. I'm a boss bitch. You know, why are we even doing this? It's the thing. It's the power gauge. It's the thing, Malia. It's like, so for me, I had very low power. Like I didn't want to claim it. I was afraid of it, even though it existed within me already. So I calling myself a bitch was like helping me get to the balanced place. Oh, Mm -hmm. I, I do got this. I do claim my worth and I know what to do. I trust myself. So for me, observing how people have brought it into their language more and more, especially as a woman's like claiming her bitch self, it seems to me like that's helping her actually pull herself into her power. Yeah. You know, well, and if you are, if you are not watching and you're just listening to this, Kelsey is actually with her hand making this motion like a power gauge. And there's this term in psychology, it's called the pendulum swing um, on a healing of healing. And when we step into a place where we want to heal something, it takes action. And so we'll often swing that pendulum past the place of balance, like overshoot it until we realize we've overshot it. And then we can balance out again. And Kelsa and I, one of our 
big things that we wanted to bring into this mini-sode was the fact that we feel the boss bitch, the bad bitch is actually overshooting that place of balance, but also for people who needed to embody that energy to even get the needle to move. It's been important in the whole reclamation of a woman's power. So I want to read this bitch manifesto, Kelsey, because it ties into what you were talking about in our question of why do we feel like we need to even have this idea of I'm a boss bitch, I'm a bad bitch. So feminist attorney Joe Freeman authored this manifesto in 1968, which was a pivotal time because this is when the feminist movement that we are on the tail coats of was really going. And this was the, I think the stuff that started to really move the needle for women in their claiming of their power, but ended up really overshooting it because it was pretty negative and filled with anger. Okay. So here we go. Here's the, Quote from the manifesto, a bitch takes no shit from no one. You may not like her, but you can't ignore her. Bitches have loud voices and often use them. Bitches are not pretty. Bitches seek their identity strictly through themselves and what they do. They are subjects, not objects. More often, they are accused of domineering when doing what would be considered natural by a man. So that connects too into, is this masculine wounding? Is this what this is? (laughs) So how does she connect to what she does? I'm not sure if I understand your question. In the quote, she says, she, something with what she does. Bitches seek their identity strictly through themselves and what they do. Okay, so that energy of what they do is masculine to me. Okay. So, and for me, I, so as I've really like come to understand myself better, I often also found my identity, if I could make more money, if I could do more things, if I, you know what I'm saying? I do. Yeah. If I can, then, then a man will see me for what I actually am. That's the illusion that I had. So this is very interesting because our previous episode, episode 10, where I talked about my favorite reclamation of 2023, when I talked about our, my favorite reclamation of 2023, I talked about how I could finally see me. And one of the things that I poignantly had to reclaim and work through was the title and my doing, what am I going to do? What am am I doing in my life? And that to me was the masculine doing. What's my career? What's my social status? What's my 
influence in the world. And one, <laughs> this is so funny. The people that I wanted to do that most for to be seen, like you were saying, was my brothers, was that, I guess, masculine-ness. Yeah. And it's not yeah. really my brothers, but that's who it was that I needed to be seen by, to prove myself to. Yeah. So when you said what you said about needing to be seen by man, right? Mm-hmm. That I was like, wow, yes. When I'm in my do doing energy like that, I'm needing to be seen by a man. How does this connect to the twenties and before the twenties was when it started to alter twenties, thirties, where a woman was to be in the house, to be raising the kids, to be in the kitchen. And that was her world of doing. That's what the man wanted and needed out of her, but possibly was ultimately not seen in it not yes. praised in it yep. then needed to say, look at all of you seeing each other. All the men see each other as something more than just a husband. I want to be seen more than just a wife and a mother. I am more than mm -hmm. just a wife and a mother. When I say just, a, I don't want anyone to get offended. I think they're beautiful callings, beautiful roles. I'm just trying to relate it to woman wanting to be more than woman and also wanting to have men within her and be, be allowed to um, let both parts of her express. This connects to the Barbie movie mm, so strongly. You've been wanting to talk about it. So here we go. We have <laughs> invitation. So, yes. I mean, you see Ken, Ken, when he realizes what the world is like, he's like, it's a man's world. You know what I'm saying? That's the world we oh, actually yeah. live in. And so a woman coming into the world and not knowing how to be in this world when she is different, when she is feminine and then losing herself in it. You remember when Barbie was like, or that song comes on and it's like, I don't want to feel, or I don't know how to feel. I don't know who I am anymore. Do you know what that song from the Barbie movie? Yeah, yeah. It's by Billie Eilish. That is like what has been happening over the generations to a woman. So I know that the universe is trying to pull balance here. Do you know what I'm saying? The man's yeah. man is not working. So like Barbie comes into it to try to help balance the power does that make sense and yeah then, i mean when you're talking about the the housewives this is the part that i get annoyed with so like the housewives and being a mom i always just wanted to be a mom i always thought that was like would just be the ultimate i knew there was something about it that i just loved in that was like endearing that's what i wanted right mm-hmm 
but that's how I was kind of raised, which I'm grateful for. But when I got into the actual world and I actually got married, being around him was like, that's not enough. Just the way to be he the saw mom. me. Yeah. The way he saw me, he was looking at me like I needed to be him. Like I needed to be a man. Does that make sense? It does. Uh, like a lot. It's like, it's just, there's just so many differences between a man and a woman. I want to hear what you think about the Barbie movie and relating back to how we've observed how things have shifted over time from the 1920s onwards. Okay, seriously, Malia, the things in the documents, when you go look at the documents of your family history, they would, what, what would they identify and what would be in the books? The woman would be there, the man would be there, but he would have a label. Like, he did this, or he did that. So he was, like, he was a carpenter, or he was a blacksmith. The woman was the homemaker. Uh-huh. There's no... And that was all was we know her there by. identify her. Yeah. Exactly. There was nothing. And so yeah. all she... That's all we know. And then as far as her actual history and, like, the records on her, there's, like this much to nothing so i had the epiphany strike me with this barbie movie we're gonna look at it in the opposite kind of way for a sec the predominant question in my mind is why do we want to be seen in this masculine energy i think we've answered some of it where we've said well, because we weren't seen in our feminine energy and we recognized how men are constantly seen. So we want to be seen. So we, because we're in this childlike state as a human in this experience, decide, oh, to be seen, I must do this. That's just like a, an actual child when they yeah. act out their parent goes, hey, and the child goes, oh, I was just noticed right there. I'm right. going to keep doing this behavior because whenever I do it, I get noticed. We want to be noticed and we'll continue to seek for that outward until we've built the love inside and noticing ourselves by ourselves, our own personal um, witnessing anyway. So I think we've answered part of it yeah. there. I was thinking, I want to know I exist. Does that make yeah. sense? That's so I want to be no. seen. And for some of us, that is not as a crucial need as others, but I mean, we know that we're all different, right, in our needs and what we put as more important than others. If you look across and you think about all the women, so the witch wound. Yeah. If you if you have a if you have a voice, if you're getting in the way in any way, if you're saying anything different than their agenda, then you're cut out and you don't exist anymore. Right? Wipe them from the earth. So then those who are left have to be in this box. And they have to go with what the, those who are in power are saying, you know? And so this is almost like the universe is bringing wholeness and balance to this 
huge, massive wound in our society. I exist. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it brought me to tears when you were talking about that because I just think about my ancestors who I want to, wanted to know of and there was no history on her and her and her and her and her and her. But the role that that woman played in my my family and my existence is so crucial. You know what I mean? And yours. And every person who ever fucking existed, pardon my language, but we only exist because of a woman. Yeah. That's the only way. <laughs> sure, we needed a man to also be part of that. But ultimately, the woman was the port the portal for us to even exist. And all the women over time who have done that over and over without having that extra love and validation, my heart goes out to them. You know what I mean? I want to know them actually more than just seeing the word homemaker on a document. And so when I'm stepping into my wholeness, it's because I also loved all those women who I don't know all the stories of but i feel so in my physical body she's in my body you know what i'm saying she's a part of how i can ex enjoy my life she's a part of how i can see my kids grow and how i get to have all the goodness that i have is a part of is because of her yeah i definitely had a very visceral response to all of that <laughs> just silently crying while kelsey's talking um I want to know I exist. And you shared there's different needs. People have different needs all the way to because of your human design, because of your planets and your houses and your astrology to the house you were raised in. Perhaps you knew you existed because you we're given a lot of tender love and care. And it was a great yep. childhood in that way. There's so many, though, who didn't and want to know they exist. So the Barbie movie really perfectly exemplifies this for me. But again, I'm going to look at it in opposite roles where Ken can be the woman in our world. In Barbie's world, Ken existed like the homemaker. They all have the same name. I guess Barbie does too. Yes. <laughs> Ken in Barbie's world, what does he do all day? He wants Barbie to see him. Look Beach. at me, look at me, look at me. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and the way that he does it is through the competition, through the actions, through the doing parts of things. And then when he goes into the man's world, he feels like he's on cloud nine. Everything is supporting him. He feels seen he knows he exists in this world so yeah. to fix his life back in barbie's world he goes back and totally upends everything and turns it into something that's still in 
unhealed ego, masculine energy, feminine energy, all of it. And I see that as our feminist movement where we said, I want to know that I exist. I want to be seen. So I got to be more like this. And we took it too far. Just like Ken took it too far when he went back to Barbie's world. He took it too far. We took it too far. Women took it too far. Um, and as I'm saying that, I want to like re redact it as the same time. I don't think we took it too far. I think we did exactly the results of what happens when you break free. It's the pendulum swing. And it's really hard to hit it on the nail and land in this place of balance. Usually you swing past. Maybe it's a lot, maybe it's a little, and then you come back to balance. So that's how I am relating the Barbie movie to this topic. It was Ken wanting to be seen. And yes, can we take can we take some advice from Barbie? Is there something here where Barbie kind of is a witness of everything and is goes into totally unaware of how Ken feels, totally unaware, goes into the man's world and is like, what the hell is this? And I don't like how I feel here. And like, really, like, what is this? <clears throat> and uh, when she goes back to her world, she's just like, whoa, this is not good. Also, what we were doing before wasn't good. And I'm not remembering. So that's why I'm asking, what is Barbie's, Barbie's, and when I say Barbie's, I think it's all of them that band together. Don't they say they rewrite the law? They rewrite the constitution. Yes. Yeah. So there's this speech in Barbie that is very profound and definitely got a lot of press. And it talks about women. I'm going to just read it, actually, a part of it. It starts out with this idea of it's literally impossible to be a woman. You're beautiful. You're smart. But we're not good enough. We always have to be extraordinary, but somehow we're doing it wrong. So this is like the bitch energy can't coming in with that feminist movement because we're saying, hey, hey. We want to be seen, but when we step out and we say, we are here, we want to be seen, it gets slammed with this, you're bitches, you're a bunch of bitches now. You have to be thin, but not too thin. You have to have money, but you can't ask for money because that's crass. You have to be a boss, but you can't be mean. You have to lead, but you can't squash other people's ideas. You're supposed to be a loving mother, but don't talk about your kids all the time. You have to be a career woman, but also always be looking out for other people. It's like, how do we even know how to behave we're in this really awesome time, I think, Kelsey, where we're going to see the balance point embodied and held and lived out by women. I really hope to see my granddaughters in this very healed 
energy where they can express their femininity in a way that is honored and seen and be in their masculine energy in a way that is not belittled and put down and critiqued. Do you feel that we are on the precipice of finding that bitch energy that is just truly owning our masculinity in a way that is healthy? Yes, absolutely. This is a reclamation for women <laughs> at large from all and that were before the, us. Yes. And the, when the women reclaim the men also heal. Remember how I said Ken represented the woman to me in in some ways and how he wanted to correct what was happening in his world and his experience in his world. Mm -hmm. At the end of the movie, Barbie apologizes to Ken. So if we put that in our world, it'd be like a masculine apology to feminine. I'm not saying the men owe the women an apology, not saying that at all. But at the end of the film, Barbie frees Ken to finally unlock what it really means to be a Ken and have a personality and desires of his own. And so for me, that's like the men of the world are whole and strong enough in themselves that they can free women from the system that is upholding this containment in a way that is really unhealthy for women, free them to allow them to have a personality and desires of their own. What's happening with us right now is we're saying, give this to me. I'm worth this. I deserve this. Imagine if a man came into your life and was like, Hello, you are worth it. You deserve this. And I am going to be here as this solid presence and provide for you the ability to work your beautiful magic. Then you don't need to go shouting out of your shell and being like, I exist. Yeah. Oh my gosh. The creation of the lover, Malia. Yeah. From your story. <laughs> Malia has a special story that she may be sharing in a future episode. But it's essentially how the idea behind it is how a man could create a safe place for a woman to truly own her queen. Yep. By being, being a lover. Yes. Not trying to be... Not trying to be the king, but being a lover. And yeah, there's a lot of things to... working out with that, but yeah. Not trying just not so ego centered and more heart centered is what I feel. I don't yeah. know. But so I love how you pulled that in with Ken and and Barbie and just but this is the thing women 
men are intuitive too, right? But often women have that a sacred connection to the spirit realm, to the intuitive self that men just have, they fall a little bit behind. <laughs> or it's just maybe not behind, but it's just different, right? And so a woman can have intuitive hits about things that will help protect their family. And when the man can receive that and see that within her, then they're able to do it together as a team. Yeah. And that's what I was going to say. It's, it, it is seen as your strengths, my strengths. We do this together as a team. Yeah. And not here's your role in society. And here's yes. mine. This is what you will do and what you will not do or vice versa. This is what I will do and will not do. Right. So I just wanted to round us off. Our mini-sode is turning into an episode. In, in this idea of the bitch energy, could we say, do we agree, Kelsey, that as it is, as it stands today, the bitch energy where you have the negative side of it, somebody who people don't really want to be around and you have the empowered side of it, which is I'm the boss bitch. I'm claiming my space, how it is being projected out right now is all, all of that is in a unhealthy masculine energy. And as we continue as women and men alike continue to heal that wounding, we can bring that pendulum into balance and show up just like Barbie allowed for Ken in her apology is like, you know, freed to express, explore, to have a personality and to be seen and to exist, but in a way that is whole, healthy and grounded inwardly rather than expecting everything out here to change for us and yeah. everything out here to hold that for us. Yeah, exactly. As we conclude, I think it's maybe good to sum up with some more questions or reflection. Like how are, I said this in the last episode, but I don't know. I want people to observe this in their life and give us actual comments. If you have thoughts on this, it would be so fabulous to, to read. How, um, how much power do you hold within yourself and love it and respect it? Is it, does it feel unsafe to you or does it feel good? Are you too much in it? Is it pushing people away from you? And and then when it comes to your relationships with others, especially like our men in our lives, how are we being more of the balanced whole bitch who actually creates softness and love? And you know what I'm saying, Malia? So that the, the people around us actually are like pulled towards us because it's within our hearts. And I think a good question to ask yourselves is, 
where does this come from? My need to behave this way, whether it's in, because I think both energies are in a, in a way of power that says I'm taking up this space. This is who I am. And I'm stating these things, the baddie, the boss bitch, as well as the bitch bitch. <sighs> Why? Why is that showing up for you, the behavior or the need to claim space in this way? Um, I think that that is a really great question to ask. And I know that, that you will be given the pieces to answer that question. And I also know that if you continue to follow those pieces and heal the wounding, you will discover around that you can be brought into this place that desires balance in this energy rather than desiring to be seen in a way that's more forceful and outward. You see mm -hmm. yourself inward. And that exactly. is how we together create the more beautiful world we all know Yay. is possible. Okay, that's it for now, you guys. We better stop while we're ahead. Kelsey and I super love to do this. We could do this all day. Thank you for listening. We are going to link for you our Instagram handle and our TikTok handle so that you can comment and join our discussion. Share with us what you think bitch energy is and where you think we ought to go with all of this until next.